Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to please leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the great introduction and Mike Regina for the great intro music. We have a great show planned for you today, so enjoy. So, Let's not waste any time. Let me bring in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today, man? Doing good. It's that rare, rare situation where the NBA and the NFL are overlapping. So, I mean, this is like the best time of year right now. Big weekend, big weekend. NBA starting. So they have the big Christmas Day lineup. I mean, we've got, what, week 16 of the NFL championship week for fantasy. There you go. As well as a lot of playoff seeding and spots on the line in the NFL. So with that said, JT, let's start with the NFL. And once again, how Somebody is this that's not starting? <laughs> how is this at the top of our rundown? Again, the Philadelphia Eagles, this time Carson Wentz specifically, the Eagles lost at Arizona this past Sunday. 33-26, but to no fault of rookie quarterback Jalen Hurts. Hurts threw for 338 yards, three touchdowns, and ran for 63 yards and scored another touchdown on the ground. Adam Schefter earlier this week reported that Carson Wentz, as you mentioned, JT, not a starter any longer, is not interested in being a backup in 2021. Specifically, I'm guessing with the Eagles. So, JT, do you have a problem with this uh, by Carson Wentz if this is how he does feel? Because this is only a report. 100%. And this is part of the problem with him. And I'm willing to bet this is why the rumors came out that the people within the locker room, his teammates, don't like him. What do you expect? You played bad last year got paid the money and then played bad again this year and you got benched. Like if you just take his name out of the equation in sports, that's what happens. If you're not playing well enough for us to win, we got to give the guy behind you a chance. And Miles Sanders said it best that the, uh, the saints game after uh, Jalen hurts made his first start, he came in, he was confident. We saw it. We needed this shot in the arm, and we fed off of it. This is what we've been missing all season. And basically what he was saying is Carson Wentz is a terrible leader. Jalen Hurts is a better leader. We want to play for that guy. And you always laugh at me when I say this. It goes back to that game a couple of years ago where they were playing the Detroit Lions, and the whole offensive line just stopped blocking for him and let him get killed. And I said ever since then, this team has quit on Carson Wentz. And also, too, it's like – where is I haven't heard him come out one time and say, you know what, I haven't played well. 
I'm happy that we're winning games. It's about the team. Uh, I'm glad Jalen's gotten in there and, you know, kept things going. Like, I don't even see him on the sideline getting hyped. It's more of, you know, he's got the Cam Newton thing going on where I'm like, I'm just going to sulk a little bit. And it feels like he's praying that Hurts doesn't succeed and they lose. Like, he just doesn't seem like he's the team guy. And then to come out on top of that, not acknowledge your bad play, then say, I won't come back and compete for the job next year. If I'm the backup, I'd rather be traded. It's like, you, you're just saying all the wrong things. And it's so funny that Jalen Hurts is the, the guy that's on the other side of this because this is exactly what he went through at Bama. And you can tell like he's just ready in this moment. Tua came in, replaced him. He went to Oklahoma and had more success. So uh, Carson Wentz, it would be best if he just came out and just kind of said the right things. I didn't play well. I understand. I'm glad we're winning games. I'll see what happens next year. I don't have a problem with it because I want a competitor, JT. I don't know about you. I don't want a guy that's going to be like, you know what? It's great being a backup. Life is great. I, I can like a big. That, but I'm just but saying. That's a- the way you acknowledge you're making- why you're yeah. acknowledge why you're a backup though. You're a backup okay. because you suck. You didn't play well. You played horribly. Like he hasn't even come out and said that. But what do you want him like? What do you want him to do? Like no one does that. Let's face it. No one. No one does that. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. And- it, it's not so much of you. Because you're entitled to your opinion. This is really why I'm upset with this whole situation is imagine if this is same situation, Cam Newton in New England. Cam Newton has played just as bad as Carson Wentz has this year. Imagine if Cam Newton got benched for Jared Stenham and the Patriots started going on like a three-game win streak and Cam Newton came out and say this, said this. How do you think that he would be received in the media? Well, it, it's two things. One, I still would not have a problem. So you're asking me the question, right? This is just us. We don't care about the rest of the media, right? Yeah, it's we just... don't care about media until you start <laughs> offering us lucrative deals. Exactly, right? Come find us. But you're asking me, and what I'm saying is I don't have a problem. So I wouldn't have a problem if Cam said the same thing in New England. But there is one difference between Cam and Carson, the current situations. If this was Cam in Carolina, I'd say still no problem. Very similar situation. The difference, though, is where Cam is now. He's on a one-year deal, JT. Oh, yeah, of course. I was just using him as an example. No, but but it's a good question. The other thing is he's not the franchise quarterback there. So Carson has a little bit more of a right to be a little upset. Like, you're paying me a lot. You're not giving me the – you and the team around me is not giving me that that opportunity. But you're blowing our chance at making the playoffs. But it's not all him. Guess what happened? I read you the score. 33-26. They still lost, JT. You know what that tells me? Even though Hurts had a Superman effort, you know what it tells me? You don't have the right pieces around them. And guess what? Imagine imagine what the stats and the score would have been like if Carson Wentz would have played that game. We don't know, though. You well, don't do. really know. It wouldn't have been okay. 38, well, let me, three but, touchdowns, but and 63, let me another touchdown on the ground. It, is there not a, a professional duty by the other players to play as hard as they are playing right now for Jalen Hurts? And don't come back to me with, well, attitude reflects the leadership. I understand that, and I know that's where you might be going with the remember the No, type, no. Right? I, I was going to go – what I was going to say is, yeah, I agree. Players should play hard regardless. But at the same time, how are you going to ask me to play hard when you're not holding everybody accountable, no matter how big their paycheck is. 
Carson Wentz, you're the $100 million man. You're not playing like it. You're costing us a chance to go to the playoffs and are already shortened careers. And the coach isn't saying anything about it. So guess what? We're not going to play hard because you're not, you're not helping us win. But you just said it. How do you, how are you keeping guys accountable? You're only keeping Carson Wentz accountable. What about the other guys? You know what happened when Alshon Jeffrey came back from injury? He got the starting job over like Travis Fulgham. Fulgham had been balling out on their Wentz. Where did Fulgham go? That's coaching. The coaching staff's not putting them in the right position to succeed. And that includes Carson Wentz. And listen, I'm disappointed this leak, but it didn't come from Carson Wentz, supposedly. I don't even know if it came from his people around him. So he's not creating this. We haven't heard him actually say it. Yeah, he's so, not creating much of anything. No. I don't <laughs> I don't mind if this is the way he feels because I want a guy that's going to fight and wants to be a competitor. And I don't know it was him leaking it. He didn't hold a press conference and say this. So I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. And the other thing real quick, he does need a change of scenery. The, the whole Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl, I think, will always hurt him and taint him in the sense that people feel like it was Nick Foles that won the Super Bowl. And that's not fair because without Wentz and the job he did to get them to the end of the season, they're not in that position to have home field or to get to the Super Bowl. So I think he does need a change of scenery anyway, but I have no issue with him saying, I don't want to be a backup. Who would want it? Who would want their quarterback to say, I'm fine being the backup? Shoot, I'd be a backup for $100 billion. But you know what? Before we move on, you brought up two really interesting points. I do think a lot of this with Philly is they, I think they still have a Super Bowl hangover. And I know that's weird to say, but here's the thing Super Bowl hangover in terms of the players. They feel like they've already arrived. So it's like, you know, we win, we win, and we want to play for somebody we like. Also, too, Super Bowl, not hangover, but change for Carson Wentz. I told you, I feel like I brought this up with you before. Ever since they let go of Reich and he went over to the Colts, it's been different for him. And you can see that it's just not there. I don't know if it's he's not there with Doug Peterson or whoever is calling the plays now on offense. It's just not clicking honestly I, I didn't think this was possible we talked about the ways of Carson Wentz getting out of there I said trade you said no way if I were the Colts I would I would take a peek at this because you've already had success with them before you're a one quarterback away from being an elite team in the AFC so I don't know I, I if I were the Colts I'd check it out absolutely I would too all right so let's go to another quarterback that's struggling <laughs> uh your boy Russell Wilson I'm just playing partially. So the Seahawks won at Washington this past Sunday, 20 to 15, a lot closer than people thought it would be. And the Seahawks offense has slowed down the second half of the season after the hot start. People are pointing to Russ that he's fading down the stretch this year after he was essentially the MVP favorite to start the year. So I know this is your guy, but should we consider Russ an overrated quarterback? No way. And I'll tell you what fans and, and loyal listeners of the program go ahead and be a snitch this is a jt question <laughs> so coming. much drama for no reason <laughs> listen they just beat arguably jt if the- you say arguably like you're trying to hype up washington <laughs> yes they got some good defensive <laughs> linemen but listen, that's arguably the best, like the definition of an average team the best front four though and for a quarterback that's huge 
because that stops not only the run game, but they're putting pressure on you with just four, able to drop seven in coverage. So, listen, he beat them. 20 to 15, they won on the road. The defense is still suspect, all right? They're not giving the offense enough possession still. No tight end, okay? So they got no tight end. Lockett, we've seen him fade now. Teams are able to stop him. Who's the OC, by the way? Do you know? Uh, Is it? I feel like Schottenheimer is always somewhere around there. There you go. It's, it's him. him. First, you had to think about it, and two, you weren't thrilled about it. So he doesn't have the offensive mind of a McVay, your boy uh, Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't have an, you know, an Arthur Smith in, in Tennessee. So you got to look at that, too. But let me get to the stats because this is really where you're wrong. You cannot you, say he's overrated. You really going to try to go through his stats right now, but go ahead. Absolutely. He's second in the NFL in completion percentage, only behind the king himself of it, Drew Brees. Russ, 70.2%. He is seventh in passing yards, over 3,800 yards. The leader's at like 4,400. Now, he's had to really ball out, put the team on his back, both defensive and offensive side of the ball. They didn't have Chris Carson for a stretch there. So they're slinging it, just winging it around. He only has 13 interceptions. But you know what he does have a lot of? Touchdowns. 37, JT. He's number two in the NFL. So you want to say he's overrated? Are you kidding me? Where would this team be without him? Where would they be without anybody else besides Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers right now on that team? And I don't even know if Rodgers could carry the team the way Russ does because Russ is able to run. And I don't even know if Mahomes could do that because guess what? Mahomes wouldn't have the offensive brilliance of Biennemi and Andy Reid in Seattle. All right. So overrated. Now, MVP, I don't know anymore because we talked about it, I believe, last episode. Um, but overrated, JT, get out of here. Forget about it. Come on. Well, are we talking about overrated as far as like a top 10 quarterback or overrated as like an MVP candidate? I mean, it's your question, but I mean, even if you want to say MVP candidate, he can still be up there. Is he going to win it? I would say not right now, but can he be in the top four or five of that discussion of that race? Absolutely. How, mu- how many touchdowns he says he has right now? 37. He's number two in the NFL. Come on. All right. So we talked about this. And this is the other thing. Hold on before you go. You your eyes are a little jaded because you're just upset with him. You traded for him in fantasy and he didn't produce fantasy wise down the stretch, but he's still helping Seattle win. Game. I'm sorry. Last time last time I checked, fantasy is a reflection of real life. No, so, it is not. Are you, if you kidding? No, I'm saying, I'm saying are you thing. kidding? He they're winning. They're winning. Yes, they're winning. But is is he playing at an MVP level? I think he is a little overrated right now. I, I feel like I will give him this disclaimer. For some reason, they choose to be very not ultra conservative with the way they let him go. I don't know what came over Pete Carroll and Schottenheimer over the first seven games of the season where they just like let him cook. And that's how the whole Russ cook thing started. I don't know why they started to do that, but I don't understand why they went away from it. And it's because they're just limiting his pass attempts. And I don't know if it's by maybe they don't, they don't feel like they can protect them. 
maybe he's not as because one thing I did notice is he was throwing it a lot, but he was also starting to turn it over a lot more too. And I think maybe they want to dial that back because maybe they did know their defense wasn't as wasn't as good yet with you know like Jamal Adams not healthy. So maybe by turning back to that run run heavy approach that they usually are, they keep the defense off the field more until they get healthy, and maybe take the ball out of his hands and play a little bit more ball control. But there's, I mean. That's the only thing I can think of why a guy who was so good through the first five games, what do you have, 1,500-plus yards, 19 touchdowns in the first five games, and then 22 through the first seven? Like, why would you want to slow that guy down? I mean, they wouldn't do that to Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's why. I think, yes, he put up the stats, but he just he was starting to turn the ball over a lot. I mean, look at that Buffalo game. Put up a lot of stats, turned it over three times. The game's against the Rams. Terrible. That Arizona game where I told you, you didn't want to listen to me. I told you at the time, I said, this was the game that lost in the MVP. And if you look at since that game, that's pretty much where the slide started and it's continued. He even turned the ball over three or four times in that game. So I do think he's a little bit overrated. Definitely as an MVP, he better not ever complain about not getting a vote ever again. I don't want to hear about it. And even if that is me being biased in fantasy, he hasn't earned it. But here's why. No way you could put him in the top five because we just had a show last week where we talked about Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Nowhere in that class this year. Just not. He just is not this year. He hasn't done you it You just for said the whole you couldn't year. put him in the top five. You didn't say top two. Huh? You said you couldn't. You said not just top two. You, could, you said you can't even put him in the top five. So you're saying he's not a top five MVP candidate because that's what you just said. Top five. Top five MVP candidate. Yeah. I mean, I'm finding a hard time doing that right now. Who's you your gotta, other three? Who's your other three? You gotta think about Derrick Henry. He's not in there. I mean, you put Kamara on that team. He no, might I be mean, just as good. I'm just saying, I'm saying Derrick Henry, I think is a better MVP candidate right now. Josh Allen playing in Buffalo, I think is a better MVP candidate right now. That's not saying I would want Josh Allen instead of Russell Wilson, but I'm just saying. Right now, I don't. But that's my whole five. point. That I don't think he's a top overrated. five MVP candidate. That he's but not overrated. If I think you're not is. willing. If you're saying Josh Allen's more of an MVP candidate than Russ Russell Wilson, yet at the end of the day, you're saying not that I would trust Josh Allen, I would still go Russell Wilson. But that's just, there's your that's answer. Just me. That's there's just, your, that has more. There's your answer. That has more to do with how we feel about Josh Allen rather than like Russell Wilson. Does, that's just us being like. You, then that just means don't like he's Josh not. Allen. Then that means he's not overrated. You're just salty that you traded for him in fantasy. He didn't produce what he was doing before at the beginning of the year in fantasy. Look, man, fantasy he put up, not he put real up 22 t- He put up 22 touchdowns first seven games. That was 60% of his touchdown rate. So wait, 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 wait. In the, in the next eight games, how many games have they played? 14, right? This is week 16, so 15. Well, yeah, but there's a bye week in there, right? Yeah, so 15 games they played, right? But they only play 16 total. There's two more games. So they played 14. So you're saying he threw seven halfway through the season, basically, right now, 22 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. In the next seven, he threw 15. JT, I do the math. That's still two touchdowns a game. I mean, are you kidding? That's crazy. He got one game he didn't throw a touchdown. He's got one, two, three. Three games with one touchdown or less. And two others with two. I mean – I mean, yeah, we're arguing about stats, but I just think he is overrated right now. Well, you're wrong. So another guy that may be wrong besides JT is 
possibly Randy Moss. He made an appearance on Terrell Owens' Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast. Moss said that he, meaning Randy himself, was the greatest or is the greatest receiver of all time with Owens as number two. Moss went further to say that Jerry Rice is probably third or fourth. So, JT, is Randy Moss correct with his rankings? It's so hard to answer this question because it's basically like the Tom Brady versus like Patrick Mahomes conversation, the physical talent versus just the guy that goes out there and gets it done and plays forever. I feel like the reason Randy said this is what it, what they're what he's basically saying is I think T.O. and me are way better athletes than Randy Moss. I mean, than uh, than Jerry Rice. So to us, he's like the third or fourth at best. Also, too, I feel like a lot of people discredit Jerry Rice because played in an amazing system that was ahead of its time with Bill Walsh. And then also, yeah, Hall of Fame quarterbacks throwing to a Hall of Fame town around him. So uh, it's hard because, I mean, Jerry's the GOAT when you look at the record books at the end of the day. But if you were asking this based on who would I start my team with, yeah, I would definitely take Randy Moss over Jerry Rice just because nobody can stop Randy Moss. Like, you don't need a scheme. Randy Moss is the scheme. You just line him up pray he has one-on-one coverage and then the rest is just easy so a couple a couple things here that you bring up so i i don't think he's correct if you're talking you bring up a good point if you're talking pure raw talent just physical ability okay i i can i can see that with both of them maybe owens more so maybe owens would be number one nah owens owens so he he owens to me would be third just because the character concerns. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. We're talking pure. Oh, just pure, just pure on the field game. Pure. No, we're just talking pure raw talent. Guys never played it down. You're saying, hey, go run as fast as you can. Go catch this ball and beat the guy in front. Worst hands out of these three guys. Okay. Okay. True. I'm just saying pure raw talent. I rather have Jerry Rice than To. Again, you're missing the whole quit jumping around on the conversation. We're talking pure raw talent, physique, being physical, right? Speed. All right. Maybe Owen's number one. Tio, man. Like, like, there you yeah. go. Okay. You agree. But we're talking about overall receiver. We're talking route running. We're talking hands. We're talking being a teammate, right? Being that receiver, the quarterback knows where he's going to be. You just want to bash Carson Wentz for, oh, he's sulking and not being a leader. Yet Randy Moss did that a lot in Minnesota, in Oakland. And guess what? Now you're saying he's the the most well-rounded, greatest receiver ever. But Jerry Rice is the epitome of leadership in a teammate, right? That is Randy Moss. Let me finish. No period of his career ever looked as bad as Carson Wentz has this year. Let me. How dare you compare them? Oh, I don't. I don't know. You go back look at some of those Tennessee games. Now, listen about Oakland, where he didn't care. He was already old. Well, I'm going to get to that in a second. Now, you look at Jerry Rice. There's a reason why Montana and Young stayed around to play with that guy because he's the greatest of all time. Listen to the numbers. Number one in receiving yards. I know. Almost twenty three thousand yards. Moss. He has a little over 15,000 top receptions. Moss isn't even in the top 10. Rice, number one, over 1,500 receptions. Rice, number one in touchdowns, 197. Moss, only 156. Now, he did play 85 less games than Rice, but he still would need to score a touchdown every two games. And you know why he didn't play as many games? 
because Rice's longevity, it's all part of being a receiver. The route running, the hands, the longevity, knowing where to go, knowing the play, not just saying, hey, go deep. Like when he was in the 07 Patriots, right? Moss could stretch the field. But Rice, JT, all these one-handed catches now, the yak yards that all these guys talk about. Guess what? In the, in the off-season conditioning Antonio Brown does, his route running, the precision, Jerry Rice was doing it all before these guys. He, he is the godfather of all that. So to say he's not the best ever, man, that's a sign of disrespect, Randy Moss. You know better, Randy. Come on. Come on, man. Yeah, whatever. I guarantee if you had an all-time draft and you were a GM, Jerry Rice ain't going number one at the receiver spot to you. Jerry Rice is. You know why? Because I'm going to count on him for 18 years. Yeah. All right. Whatever. So let's go to college football and uh, more specific, the college football playoff, where the committee came out with their top four rankings this past Sunday to determine the four teams that will play in the playoffs. So they chose Clemson versus Ohio State in one of the two semifinal games. Now, of course, this wouldn't be a topic without uh, Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney running his mouth. And it came out that Dabo actually ranked Ohio State number 11 in the coaches poll. So, Don, is Dabo correct putting Ohio State all the way down at 11? No, no. I mean, if you don't want to put them in, you know, the the top four, JT. Okay, Dabo, I, I can understand that. I got you there. But number 11 outside the top 10? Come on, that's a little too far of a slot. He just knows that Ohio State is a threat. And he don't and want the, for revenge. And he, yeah, and he doesn't want them anywhere near the top four or the playoffs. But this is what I'm surprised of, JT. Why would he give them bulletin board material like this? You know, if, if you're Ryan Day, I'm showing that every day before practice and after practice, oh, before look, they go to bed. Number 11. Yep. Before they go to bed, text message to all the players. Hey, here's here's his quote. Bro, if, if I were Ryan Day, I would just find a way to incorporate the number 11 to every single <laughs> conversation I have. Like, I, just, I would just bring it up. Oh, y'all want to do 11-11 drills? Okay. Yep. That, that's a great – listen, I, I can't believe Dabo would go this far because if it was the other way around, Dabo would be pissed. He'd get his team fired up about it. And – He'd be out there saying all sorts of things against the other coach. So, yeah, I think he's incorrect just because, I mean, regardless of how many games they played, you know, Ohio State is at least at the worst a top six team in the country. Like they're loaded. I feel like Dabo is doing this to bully them because he knows they got him last year and he thinks this is his year to win it. And he's like, you know what? If we can mentally make them think we're better than them, then we'll have a chance to beat them this year. Honestly, this, uh, his whole attitude just annoys me. And it, he, his quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, is the same way. They just feel really entitled. And, and their fans. and their Yeah, fans. They, their fans feel entitled. It's like, you guys just got here. Like, don't I like Clemson's have, like, this rich tradition of just being dominant. This is the difference between them and Bama. Everybody will at some point want Dabble to lose because he just can't keep his mouth shut. He's got terrible timing. He doesn't know how to read the room. You you didn't even win the championship last year. Like, you got beat. Like, so come on. Just read the room. Be humble. 
it's just too much. Uh, I actually hope Ohio State beats them, but yeah, no way they're they're the 11th best team in the country. As a Canes fan, I don't know if I can go as far as that. But anyway, next question. All right. So ultimately, what what matters is the four teams that the committee put in there. So do you think that they got it right with the top four teams for the playoffs? Well, it's a tough question. I don't think they got it wrong. Let's put it that way. I don't think they got it wrong. Did they get it correct? Uh, I don't know because if we're talking about revenue, yeah, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. We're talking about viewership, ratings, revenue, yeah, tradition, all of that. Yes. Now, I don't know if they got it correct with the four teams that earned it. And the, this is the only thing, though, JT. I don't know if AM earned it in Cincinnati. I don't know if they earned it with when you're Cincinnati, you unfortunately, it's not fair, but you got to play perfect. You got to blow a team out like Tulsa and Tulsa is a good team. People can say all they want. They're in a group of five. They're ranked 24th or whatever, but Tulsa is a solid team. Yeah. They're ranked 24 for a reason. Yeah. Like imagine how good you have to be to play in that conference and still be ranked at this point. Right. And it was not the greatest conditions. So but Cincinnati still needed to just come out and just win like 42-7, right? Yeah. And because they didn't, because AM, even AM against Tennessee, like ah, you you wanted more, right? You wanted them to just come out and win 50 to nothing because your your season's on the line, but you let Tennessee hang around for three quarters. So I don't think the other teams did enough convincing to jump a Notre Dame or an Ohio State. So I don't know if they got it right, but I don't I can't complain at this point. I don't think they got it right. I disagree with you. I actually think they got it right. I think this is one of the few years where this, these are clearly the, the four best teams. I Now, that's not saying I don't think that the other teams like a Cincy or a BYU deserve a shot. If anything, this is a perfect uh, arguing point that they should have used this year to expand the playoff. Well, we've talked not about it. Right, we've talked about it. But, I mean, come on. You can't take Bama out of this playoff. You can't take Clemson out of this playoff. If you can't take Clemson out of the playoff, you definitely can't take out Notre Dame because they've handled business all year. And then you can't take Ohio State out of the playoff because if we're doing this based on, you know, what you've done in the talented team, Ohio State is probably a top three talented team in the country and they haven't lost. So this is as close to perfection that I've seen out of a selection committee probably in quite some time. See, I I totally disagree because I told you, if Notre Dame goes there and loses by three touchdowns, it shows you the Trevor factor. So Notre Dame beats Clemson at home without Trevor Lawrence, barely overtime, double overtime. Now you put Trevor in, bro, you can say all you want that DJ played a great game. It's a different beast, okay? Ugalalele. So... When <laughs> I don't know if I got it right this time. So, so it's a different beast with Trevor. And you saw it early on those little third down conversions that they weren't doing in South Bend. Guess what? They did it. They'd score a touchdown. They do it again. And so to me, you want to now look at Notre Dame. Everyone now is defending Notre Dame in the ACC. Oh, they played an ACC schedule. When Miami goes 10 and one in the ACC, it's who did they beat? North Carolina state wake four is Duke. But when Notre Dame does it, all of a sudden, the ACC is better than the SEC. And then they're like, 
Notre Dame's win against UNC is so good, yet they'll go and turn around and bash Miami because UNC destroyed Miami. But now Notre Dame's win against UNC looks that much better because UNC destroyed Miami, yet people turn around and say, Miami's overrated. Look how bad they are. You can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. Either Miami's a really solid team and UNC beat them and Notre Dame beat UNC, or UNC and Miami are overrated. You can't have it. You can't have it both ways. As much as I am a Canes fan, ain't nobody talking about Miami right now. So leave them out of the even equation. I get what you're trying to say. At the end of the day, you can't tell me that these aren't the four best teams because every team that's not in this, that's right outside of consideration, they all have major question marks. And if your your one question mark for Notre Dame is, well, they got they got rocked by Clemson in the championship game. Yeah, they still split the series evenly this year. And and I'll give you that. And I'll get that's. But think about it. That's literally we can't take into account games played because everybody's games played are funky. But guess what? Two teams are undefeated. Two teams have lost to each other and they're split. But other than that, these teams pretty much took care of business against everyone they played. But I'm not done. And I'll give you that. Of course you're not. But but if you're saying this is perfect perfect i didn't say it was I, you, I said, you, you this think, is as close you to did? perfect as you can get okay close to perfect it's not even close to perfect you may not even have it right you may so let me ask you this, this. you're gonna kick you're gonna kick out a random team it's, hold on, hold on. you want to kick out a random team it seems like it's notre dame and no, i get what you're trying to not say necessarily texas a&m is a better fit in the playoff than notre dame i don't think so florida please next so Cincy. Uh, I, if if I were going to swap somebody yeah. out for Notre Dame, I would love to see them get a chance because I think they are legit a good team. I don't think it's just the conference they play in, but you're not going to put them in over Notre Dame. Who else are you going to put in there? Okay, so let me go to this. Cincinnati, I think they've earned the shot. I do. Earned the shot. Now, let me go back real quick to Notre Dame. The difference is between them and A&M, if I'm going to make an argument for A&M, and I'm, I'm not necessarily doing this. I'm just saying I don't think they got it wrong, but I'm not going to say they got it right. Because with A&M, JT, in the past, we've always said you're better off losing early, playing good at the end. Notre Dame is flipped. They got smacked the last game of the year. A&M's loss came back in like sub- late September, early October when COVID was going on. No one was in the stands. The team was still getting back together because training because the the summer camps were different and now they're playing good they've won what seven in a row so you're going to punish them because of a loss back in september like to alabama you want to talk about notre dame losing to clemson they lost to alabama a&m and then ohio state i've told you this before the reason why they maybe would be the team to be out they've only played six games and you saw it jt they struggled they struggled against northwestern and what happens when you've got to play 8, 9, 10, 11 games, those games that they had against Northwestern, eventually you don't come back. You don't come back eventually. And that's why Ohio State, you're talking about top 14 talent-wise? Yeah, but it's not about talent. Miami's got tons of four and five stars. It's not about talent. It's about but they earning. they really four and five stars once they get to us. It's about earning the right. And I don't know if I can sit there. I can maybe say that about Notre Dame, but I don't know if I can say that about Ohio State. I so, agree to disagree. All right. Let's – about Ohio State too? Okay, that's fine. Let's go to the NBA. Let's talk about James Harden. He's making headlines every day, it seems. So earlier this week, the <laughs> Miami Heat dropped out of the race for the James Harden sweepstakes and trying to make a trade 
for the former MVP. So, JT, what I want to ask you, because you wanted to talk about this topic, but you didn't give a question. So I'm going to pose the question to you because you're the Heat guy. Should the Heat re-engage in talks with the Rockets to try to acquire James Harden? Hell no. And first of all, I don't understand why we were trying to get him in the first place. He is the complete opposite of everything that the Miami Heat organization is. Like, we're not about the Flash. We're not about the, the Divas. We're not about just coming here and it's all about being you. Like, Pat, that is not Pat Riley. So I don't understand why they were trying to make this happen. Maybe it's some Giannis signing his extension panic. I don't know what it is. But I don't think they can because the, I think the difference in why the talks broke off was we just didn't have enough assets or draft capital to acquire James Harden. So I don't think it will, will happen. But from the standpoint of just look at the reasons why they want Harden out of there. He had full control in Houston of personnel and decisions on firings, hirings, all that stuff. He ain't getting out of Miami. Also, he's already been feuding with teammates. I, I read today he threw a ball at somebody at practice. He's not coming in. Uh, what, what, what they said any, any given Sunday, Beeman ain't doing his homework. He's not watching the tape. He's not watching the, <laughs> the opponents, not doing anything. Like James Harden clearly does not want to be there. What happens when he doesn't want to be in Miami? Same thing is going to happen. Also, I don't want somebody who already is showing up to camp. You've seen the pictures. We differ on opinions. He's showing up to camp like somebody's out of shape uncle, and it's because he's spending 90% of his time in the strip club. That ain't the dude that you need to bring to Miami because that 90% will turn into 100% of the time, and he will be too big to play. It's just an all-around bad fit for the Heat, and they I don't believe they're stupid enough to make this move. I, I agree with you. They they should not re-engage to try to trade for James Harden. And I'll just add one thing to it. Him and Jimmy Butler, I don't oh, see they it. Would clash. I don't see it meshing. It's not a good fit. Jimmy Butler's the alpha. James Harden is an alpha, but Jimmy Butler, the way he's an alpha is different, right? Like he wants to lead the young guys. He wants them following him. He wants them to get better. That's why I think he clashed a little bit in Minnesota because Cat wasn't quite going along with that, but it was Cat's team. Butler loves it being his team, whether it was in Chicago or Miami. That's why I don't think he enjoyed his time in Philly all that much. So you bring in Harden, I think they clash. I think the young guys are going to have to pick a side, and it's just that culture that Pat Riley and the Heat have built will just implode. So if I'm the Heat, I stay away. Now, this is the thing. Let's flip, flip the teams here. Should the Rockets, JT, trade james harden or keep him uh before i answer this one more one more uh comment about the previous point you were trying to make i also think the heat were also probably just seeing how much they actually had to give up to acquire him i think what, they were trying to find like, a little deal yeah. yeah uh rockets yeah they actually absolutely traded because he don't want to be there <laughs> he don't want to be there you already proved that this relationship can't last long term he made all the decisions, ran the team into the ground. Everybody that came in with him has already either got fired or they're traded. It's clear they want to go in a different direction, and he wants to go in a different direction. He just doesn't seem like the player that's going to be accountable for things. And for that alone, I want him gone. He's too expensive of a headache that we're not, we're already not guaranteed to win a championship with him. 
His, everything about him is just not conducive to winning the ring. His style of play, his attitude, just the way he goes about things. Me personally, if I was a GM, I would have got rid of him already. I only think they should trade him if the value is there, JT. Listen, we've seen with my Orlando Magic, you get rid of a piece like that because you have to, you never get the value in return. I'll tell you what, if I'm the Rockets, either I get that value or guess what? You're going to sit. You're not going to get paid if you don't show up. And guess what? He's going to show up and have the ball out and play. He's only 31. He could still get a big contract. And that's the thing. Why would you trade a guy in his prime? JT, he got at least four or five good years left. Maybe MVP status, MVP season type years left. Well, I will say this. I'm hesitant to say the MVP status. And we've talked about this before. We still got to see him not playing the Mike D'Antoni system to see, you know, if he's going to play. I'm pretty sure he's, he's going to be good regardless of where he goes. But is he going to be like the James Harden we've seen since he got to Houston? Is his usage going to be the same? Is he going to play in the system like that where everything is designed basically on him handling the ball and taking any shot he wants? I, I just it, – It's got to be wanna, under- I want to see a year without him playing with Dan Tony to say, all right, James Harden is worth all the headaches. It's got to be understood, though, if you keep James Harden – He's the, he's the guy. He's, he's the guy. He's the central focal point. So he's going to – he still can shoot. He still can dribble. He's still going to get to the lane. He's still going to get fouled and get his 15 free throws a game. Like, that's not going to change no matter who the coach is, in my opinion, because you got to make him the focal point. This is the other reason why you don't trade him unless the value is there. Because with him there, you have a shot in the West. With him there, you can draw other stars. You may not think so, but you still can. When he leaves, JT – Houston Rockets is not a destination. It's not a destination. So who are you going to get as a free agent? Like, I, I mean, I don't think they have state income tax, so that's helpful. But outside of that, I don't know what the draw is to the Houston Rockets if, if a superstar's not already oh, there. Oh, for sure. It's the strip clubs. That'll always draw the players to Houston. That's what drew him there. No, what drew him there was just getting out of Oklahoma City to be the man. Yeah, uh, tomato, tomato. All right, so let's go to everyone's favorite part of the show, uh, weekend preview. So uh, every week we preview the big games and storylines for the NFL. We're already in week 16. Don, what do you got that you're most looking forward to? First game, Saturday night, your Dolphins, JT, at the Raiders. They got to go cross country. The Finns can't afford to lose this, JT. Cannot. If they lose, Ravens take the seven spot, and I think it's season over for the Dolphins. Um, I'm worried, though. I'm worried for your Dolphins. Another game, kind of a personal vendetta game. Melvin Gordon going to L.A. to play the Chargers. Broncos at Chargers. I know it's not like a a big highlight-type game. Oh, for him it is. He's like, y'all didn't want to pay me? Watch this. Right. No playoff implications, but Melvin Gordon – He's out for blood in that game, no doubt. So that's going to be interesting to see how hard he runs. And then I think maybe the game of the weekend, Rams Rams at Seahawks for the division. My two guys, Sean McVay against Russ. Man, I don't know what to say. I'm just really excited to see these guys. The Rams have had the number of the Seahawks for a couple of years now. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. It's like I said, for the division. So buckle up, get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a fun one, JT. Quick question. Russ struggles in this game again. 
you taking him out of your top five MVP race? I'd have to go look at the other guys. I would look at it. I'm That's realistic. It. See, I'm All realistic. Right. All right. If, if if he if he struggles in this game, I think his like MVP legacy is over. I, I think people won't look at him that way anymore. Well, I mean, it changes from year to year. Let let's yeah. let's five six games ago, he was still the greatest quarterback ever. So right, no, nobody said that, but you. <laughs> um, I do agree with you. Dolphins game very interesting because they're saying Derek Carr somehow could come back and maybe play. He's kind of practicing on a limited basis, so I hope he does play so that we have a, a wounded quarterback to go after. Uh, I do think that's obviously that's an important game for us. The Rams, Seahawks, definitely. Um, sneaky game because I think the Eagles are still able to to win the division, right? The who? The Eagles. Oh, in the, in the yes. yes, I believe I believe so. Yes. So they're still alive. So this is a huge game at Dallas, and this is usually the game that Dallas will always fumble away. It's that last game of the year, division. Philly comes in and gets it done. I want to see if Jalen Hurst could get him into the playoffs because if they win this game and they happen to somehow win a division mathematically, Carson Wentz is gone. No I, way you can bring him back. I take, This is the Wentz death game. What's that? This is the Wentz death game right here. His career in Philly will be over if Jalen Hurst wins this game. Also, uh, Monday night, wanted to see the Bills go up against the Patriots. Patriots just lost Stephon Gilmore for the season. But I'm telling you, Josh Allen has struggled against Bill Belichick. And I want to see with the division already locked up for the first time in forever, I think Bill Belichick's going to be out for blood to prove like, yeah, you might have got the division, but you still the Bills. So I want to see – I think this game will be really close. I can see the Bills maybe losing this game, but it would be really interesting to watch. And then um, the last game is uh, the Titans at Green Bay. Two of the MVP candidates that I actually really, really think have a shot to win it. I want to see if Derrick Henry will run wild or will Aaron Rodgers get back to doing what he's been doing all year and going off. So I think that's a really good game to watch. All right. Yeah, a lot. Some some quality games. So that's going to bring us to truly everyone's favorite segment, Weekend Predictions, JT. We're going to start with. I want to get these out of the way now. I know this isn't until, you know, New Year's weekend, but just in case, I know you're a busy guy during the holidays and I don't know what your schedule's like. So in case we can't get a show in next week, I want to cover these this week. Alabama versus Notre Dame, who you got? Bama. And this game will show why they shouldn't have been the fourth team. And I feel so bad they drew Bama. <laughs> So you're saying Notre Dame should not have been in the fourth? I feel like the the, they'll, lose this, they'll lose this game convincingly and they'll be like, see, that's why Notre Dame shouldn't have been in it. Bama's always a bad matchup for them. Somewhere Manti Tail is like, man, y'all have no idea what y'all about to go through. Clemson versus Ohio State. Ohio State's on pure principle. I hate, I hate picking them to win anything, but I want Clemson to lose even more. I feel like Dabo... All that all that talking he's done has got to he's got to put his foot in his mouth eventually. Well, he's got the guys to back it up though. I, I'm going to go Clemson. I, I'll take Trevor Lawrence over Justin Fields, and, and I'm not convinced on Ohio State. I'm telling you, I, I don't think yeah. they've had enough time. I, I, I'm to, just making that to, pick based. On, I just don't want to see Clemson. Win. Okay, that's fine. Dolphins at Raiders. Who you got? 
Dolphins because I think Derek Carr is going to try to play. You know, I didn't know that. I've got the Raiders. I still got a funny feeling the Raiders somehow pulled this nah, one off. He plays, makes them so one-dimensional. No way they can win that game if he plays. But, but there's always the chance he gets taken, he gets pulled, right? Because Mariota played really well. If yeah, they feel like Carr's not 100%, I just think Gruden's going to – he's still fighting for the playoffs even though he's got a long shot. So I'm taking the Raiders at home. Brian, Flor, Brian Flores will win this game. And that's Ooh. that's why. Watch. Okay, you heard it here first by JT. Colts at Steelers. Colts. I'm going off your narrative. Y'all won't win another game this year. <laughs> You've yeah. been right so far. I've got the Colts. Got the Colts. I don't want to be right, but you know, sometimes I gotta be. Rams at Seahawks. Rams. They just got the Seahawks number. You know, I know that, but I just feel like the Rams playing so. That that Jets game, bro. They're gonna. Turn, they were looking ahead to this game. They'll be but, out for blood. But I think we people say don't let one loss turn into two. I think this Jets loss turns into two because they lose to the Seahawks. I'm going with Russ. And then one game you mentioned, another game you mentioned, Titans at Packers. Who you got? I'm going to go Packers just because I think this will be a shootout. And I think that actually plays into the Packers hands because the more, the, the, the higher the score is, I think the, the less they'll use Derrick Henry, which Green Bay does not want to see that happen. Woo. Okay. Well, I'm going to go Titans because it's a, it's going to be a cold weather game. I feel JT playoffs on the line. Derrick Henry just throwing grown men there, 10 yards. There you go. There, Titans are going to go back to the ground and pound, try to slow down Rodgers that way and Devontae Adams. I'm going with the upset here. Titans, the Saints, maybe you get a chance to get back that home field advantage somehow, but I've got Titans. So, JT, great episode. I don't really got a trivia time or anything for you. We'll let people go enjoy uh, their, their holiday. Hopefully we can get a show next weekend, but we'll see. It all depends on your busy schedule. Busy, busiest man in the in showbiz is JT. So, JT, great episode as always. And to the listeners and fans out there, remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever other platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember, you can also follow us on social media, our handle, JT and the Dom. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So once again, happy holidays to everyone. If we don't speak to you next week, happy new year as well from both JT and myself thank you as always for listening this whole year we couldn't do it without you guys and jt until the next episode see you peace